This podcast is brought to you by RMA, the Risk Management Association. RMA's sole purpose is to advance the use of sound risk management principles in the financial services industry. Learn more at rmahq.org. Hello and welcome to the RMA Young Professionals podcast series. These podcasts are intended to be short Q&A sessions on topics that are important in the banking industry. Today we have with us Bill Phelan, who is the President and CEO of Paynet, who will be sharing some insight with us on streamlining commercial lending using technology. Also with us today is Ian Worrell from Interest Bank out of Wichita, Kansas, and RMA's Young Professionals Chair. So now I'd like to turn it over to Ian. Thank you, Lisa. And Bill, thank you again for being here with us on this podcast. To kick things off, tell us a little bit about Paynet and about yourself. Well, thanks, Ian. Thanks for having me. Paynet's a uh, data and analytics company that provides credit ratings on privately held businesses in the United States. And we're also in Canada as well. There's a really big market out there for privately held companies, as you know. And we know that 28 million of these businesses operate in the United States. We know there's not a lot of financial information about these companies, and that can be a real challenge to a relationship manager, banker who's trying to break in and get a relationship. It can also be a real challenge to a credit analyst who's trying to underwrite a, a new loan. So uh, we're tracking 24 million of these companies right now in our database, and, uh, and it's about 1.6 trillion of essentially CNI loans that we track. And we provide probabilities of default on each one of these companies. We hear a lot about uh, the changes in technology and challenges that they present in addition to added competition that fintech presents to the banking industry. What can banks do to be competitive uh, with those challenges and and that new competition? Banks are in a great position to win because banks have a few natural advantages. The branch is a great advantage. You have, you know, feet on the street. You have a presence in the community. It's a great way to acquire accounts. Fintechs can't acquire accounts that way. They don't have the branches. Secondly, the banks have capital, a lot of capital. And uh, that's a real huge advantage. That capital is waiting to be put to work. Um, I think the other thing about uh, banking is that the relationship is not, not dead. The relationship is still an important part of making a loan. You've got to understand the business right. itself. Now, where do the fintechs do well? They're really more tech than fin. And they've done a wonderful job with that tech piece. And that's where I think the banks can learn quite a bit. Uh, the banker is ultimately after cash flow. They want to understand cash flow, debt service coverage, debt to equity, debt to tangible net worth, those kind of things. Best way to do it is to get your hands on financial statements. Uh, As I mentioned earlier, it's tough to get financials on these privately held businesses that might not have the audits done, or they might just have compiled statements, or they might just use a QuickBooks system or an Excel-based system. So it's really difficult to get your hands on that financial information. But I think what the fintechs have done is they've done a good job of figuring out ways to figure out cash flow from either a bank statement, a tax return. I know a lot of bankers do that. Uh, and uh, from other creative ways. And so I think the banks should kind of learn from that and utilize kind of the best of fintech, put that to work in, in their business so they can get capital out to private companies. Sure. And so what are some of the ingredients that will allow banks to streamline commercial lending as it relates to that? Yeah, I mean, you know, I, we don't 
see a bank having to go from zero to 80 miles an hour. They, they don't need to buy the Tesla right out of the gate. What they can do is put some very simple steps in place. If you analyze the actual process of doing business with a privately held company, you know, it starts with evaluating the loan by the RM. The RM has to identify the business and learn a little bit about that business and build a relationship with the owner to the point where the RM can, can you know, gather the financial statements. Uh, that's a lot of work to get that relationship. Time. Yeah, it is. And it's a hard thing to do. So that's one uh, issue. Another is then you have to go through an evaluation process right. of the business. You know, and you might have the financials at that point if you got there, but now you have to put a, a package together and you got to figure out what it's what what the loan package is going to look like and that takes time from the rm as well a lot of times that takes away prospecting time mm -hmm. then from there it goes to the underwriter and the underwriter then has to go through an independent assessment to underwrite the loan so if you look at that whole process it can take anywhere from 120 to 150 days and it can cost anywhere from ten thousand dollars to fifteen thousand dollars per loan application. Incredibly time-consuming, as you said, Ian, and very expensive. very expensive. Yeah, and so what we recommend is that, and what we see a lot of smart banks doing is they're starting from scratch. They don't have their paper process now. And what they'll do is just put simple little tech in place. They'll put a portal out on the website. They'll have it maybe in a kiosk in the branch. And that becomes an easy way to collect information about the business owner, number one. But number two, save that data entry time. Number, the second thing we see a lot of is putting decision engines in place. These are little software programs that can go out and they can actually pull a lot of information together. So instead of asking the, uh, the business owner to pull that information, these uh, decision engines and the software sure. can do that for sure. you. So you can go to credit bureaus, you can go to secretaries of state, you can go to um, uh, get uh, all kinds of information on uh, public filings and public records. You can pull that financial information now back via technology through some software. And so all these things can you know, shorten up that cycle put those young, smart people in the bank to work making, doing analysis and doing credit decisions rather than data entry and working on manila folders. Right, right. Well, um, where do you see banks evolving over the next couple of years as it relates to uh, this, this area of the banking world and how it's affecting banks? Yeah, well, I think business banking's uh, been somewhat underserved market. Our data shows that on a national basis that the originations activity to private companies is down 28% since 2008. And so there's quite a bit of opportunity out there to serve this market, very big credit market. Um, so what we see is a lot of inbound calls from banks to sort this out and figure out what tech to put in place. And uh, so there's a lot of kind of searching and questions about how to actually embed tech in the bank. And that's why, you know, we say kind of walk, jog, run. And let's start with walking. If you're already a paper process, if you're only a paper process now, let's put a little bit of tech in place and start injecting some credit profiles into the RM's evaluation process. 
let's put some tech in place to start to uh, collect those financial statements, in, like from a, a QuickBooks system or a NetSuite system or a number of different technology systems where software can now be used to go in and grab the financial statements, the P&L, the balance sheet, and the statement of cash flow, secure it, put it in encrypted, and then send it over the Internet with encryption on it to the banker. And you could even go so far as you can actually put the, um, the output, the ratios, you can actually get those spread automatically now. So these are enhancements to the process. I think the kind of ultimate is to put some artificial intelligence in there. It's not there yet. But, you know, you will get a day where the credit models are really good today and those things can make really good decisions on, uh, you know, if you've got 1,000 applicants, you know, you can take the 100 best ones and automatically approve them and the 100 worst ones and automatically decline them and spend your time on the gray area deals in the middle. Right. Spend your time and your money there. And so we see this evolutionary process starting first with simple tech, that walk, and then getting to uh, that can maybe jog using some other tech to gather financial statements and maybe do ratio analyses. And then finally, an out-and-out sprint or run using some AI to actually make some credit decisions. Sure. Obviously, we're talking about this as, as far as how it benefits the banks, you know, saving time, saving money, helping streamline the process. Know that it also has uh, uh, an effect on how we can provide a better experience for our, our clients, our customers, in terms of uh, those same things. Uh, any any final thoughts you'd like to share or just uh, uh, things for our listeners? Absolutely. You know, I think you hit the nail on the head there, Ian, the credit, the experience, right? The, and, you know, we all know that we're, we're, we're strapped for time these days. It's so funny. With all this tech, we think we have more time, but we have less time. So, uh, and that's especially true for a business owner. Uh, you know, they'll, the, the studies show that the business owner is typically thinking about their credit needs at 11 o'clock at night right. after they've put the kids to bed and had dinner, you know, and so they're exhausted. And if you can make that experience easier, yep. you could probably capture more business. We also have found that the demand dep deposit accounts capture rates are highest with the business, the private business. So these are not self-funding, but you are capturing more demand deposits, more of the uh, deposit base from the business owner than you are from other parts of the market. And so the, uh, as Rick Parsons, guy, you know, wrote a book with RMA, and he'll tell you that the uh, highest risk-adjusted return business for a bank is, is business banking. And, uh, it's got, and that's got a very attractive return. We just got to figure out how to do it a little bit faster. Right. And the tech is there, and we'd be glad to uh, help walk banks through that. Very good. Well, Bill, again, thank you for sharing, and uh, appreciate all the insight. Thank you, Ian. Thank you, Bill. Thank you, Ian.